Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, beloved. How are you today? I pray that you will. We woke up this morning to a city covered with snow in Tulsa, Oklahoma, of all places. Um, And it's just gorgeous. Every little twig is covered. I love when it's like that. It's just gorgeous. I think we were predicted to um, uh, get four to eight inches. I don't think it's that much. But it's truly, truly beautiful. I know it's not beautiful for people who have trouble getting around and all of that, but what a what a glorious sight it is. I know that little children waited for that on Christmas, but it didn't happen that early. Um, uh, and many of you have had much snow um, um, through the season. So I'm happy to be with you. God bless you. And... Um, We are going to continue with the catechism, and I found something that's going to help me to read better. So yesterday, it was a a bit awkward yesterday. Let me, um, we are on the section of Holy Scripture and Tradition, and um, a couple of things we've already read, and the main thing is that Holy Scripture is, or the Bible, consists of 72 books which were written now, it says 72. Um, we have 73 today, and one, I think, Gabriel called in yesterday to find out what book, additional book, was uh, divided into two that we have 73. And I was going to look that up, and I just haven't had a chance to do that. Um, I don't know what the additional book was that I know we have first and second Maccabees with first and second Samuel first and second Kings were at one time one book and they were split into four Um, and it's possible that Ruth or another book were with them I'm not sure Um, that could that could make the 73 so I apologize I still don't know um, and I need to find out what makes up the 73 uh, from 72. Um, But again, I think, uh, I don't want to give out wrong information, but it's possible a small book like Ruth was included. Um, I know we have 1st and 2nd Maccabees. I don't know if they were one book at one time. Um, So in any case, when this was written, and this is the Council of Trent, there were 72. And so... um, um, we need to find that out, but we can. It's it's nothing was added to the Bible to the canon of Scripture, but books were divided. Just as when the canon of Scripture, or rather when Scripture was written, it wasn't written with chapter and verses. That was added just some hundred years ago, a few hundred years ago, uh, as the Bible we have today to make it easier to read. And so this says, Holy Scripture or the Bible consists of 72, now we say 73 books, which were written by men inspired by God and under the guidance and influence of the Holy Ghost. These 72, 73 books are recognized by the Church 
as the Word of God. We read on a bit yesterday. Let me um, uh, let me can, let me just reread one little section here. Hold on a moment. Just a second. Just a second. You know, I say just a second. It's, people say just a second. It's never just, I'm, I'm adjusting something. It's never just a second. You know about the, the, the young man who said to God, Lord, is it true with you that um, a day is like a thousand years? God said, that's right. That's what the scriptures say. Uh, well, is it a day is like a million years? God said, sure. It's all the same to me. He said, is it the same that a penny is like a million dollars? And God said, sure. And so a second is a million years? Yep, it's all the same. So the gentleman said, so could I have a million dollars? And God said, yes, just a second. How do you like? Did you get that? I can't hear you laughing. Okay. We'll go back now to what we're reading. The most, I'm diving in from just about where we left off yesterday. The most important books of Holy Scripture are the four Gospels, and the Acts of the Apostles. The four evangelists relate the life and teaching of our Lord. The Acts of the Apostles recount the labors of St. Peter and St. Paul. And you recall that the Acts were written by St. Luke. Actually, St. Luke and the, and the um, Acts of the Apostles were one book at one time. He wrote them as one, and they were separated. Um, but I... I don't think that accounts for it. I don't know. That would be interesting if it would account for the change from 72 to 73. I think it's with the Old Testament. This goes on to explain the writers of the four Gospels are called the four evangelists. Two of them, St. Matthew and St. John, were apostles. St. Mark was a companion of St. Peter and St. Luke was a companion of St. Paul on his apostolic journeys. St. Matthew's Gospel was originally written in Hebrew for the benefit of the Jews of Palestine. He shows how Jesus of Nazareth fulfilled the prophecies of the Old Testament and proved himself to be the true Messiah. And the genealogy of Matthew goes back to Abraham um, versus the genealogy of St. Luke going back to Adam because um, it's Abraham that would be the father of many nations and bring the Messiah all the way back to Adam shows that Jesus is the Son of Man. And Matthew shows that he is the Messiah, indeed the Son of God. St. Mark wrote for the Christians of Rome and shows Christ to be the Son of God. St. Luke wrote for a distinguished citizen of Rome named Theophilus in order to instruct him in the life and doctrine of Christ. We owe to St. Luke many details about Our Lady and many parables not given by the other evangelists. Just about all the, all the parables, uh, all the information, the, the mysteries of the rosary, the gloria, it's all from St. Luke um, it's it's called, by some people, it's Our Lady's Gospel. St. Luke wrote the Gospel in his old age. The other evangelist, St. John, wrote his Gospel in his old age. Let me just see. Um, 
Okay, just a second. I may have skipped this. All right. St. John wrote his gospel in his old age to prove against the heresies of the time that Jesus Christ is truly God. He quotes chiefly these sayings of Christ from which his divinity is most clearly proved. In fact, I had a cousin who, um, when I I first became a Christian, um, and uh, as an evangelical Protestant, she was really troubled. She also had become a Christian and gave her life to Christ at that time in evangelical Protestant fashion. But she called me one day and she said, uh, she's having nightmares. She said, what if, she said, Rosalind, Rosalind Moss, my given name. She said, what if we wake, she, both of us Jewish, she said, what if we wake up one day and we stand before God and he asks us why we worshiped a man? What if Jesus is not God? This is after she became a Christian. She plagued with this because the greatest stumbling block for most Jewish people is that a man could be God. A man cannot be God. No man could look on God and live. How could Jesus be God? And so I said to her, forget everything I told you, forget everything you've heard, and simply go to the Gospel of John and read it through, cover to cover, do nothing else. Just read the Gospel of John and then give me a call and tell me who Christ is. She did that. And she called me and she said, Rosalind, he is God. Jesus is God. She was cured. That's all she had to do was read the Gospel of John straight through. I recommend that as medicine for anyone who doubts that Jesus Christ is God. There's the music for our first break, beloved. We'll be right back. You're welcome to um, call, of course, and uh, email and text uh, with anything on your heart. We have another small section uh, to come back to before we'll take your calls. The toll-free number is 1-877-511-5483. The Station of the Cross offers online tutorials to help you get the most out of your iCatholic radio app. You'll be introduced to our latest features and the opportunities available for not only listening to our live stream, but also to a variety of podcasts of our shows, prayers, and special presentations. For these tutorials and more, click on the iCatholic Radio link located on the station's page of our website, thestationofthecross.com. Love learning more about the church, but confused or disheartened by the struggles we are facing today? Follow LifeSite News Catholic on Facebook, Twitter, or sign up for LifeSite Catholic emails and stay up to date on the constant stream of news about the Catholic Church. Our Church is in a time of crisis, and we as laity have a responsibility and a duty to educate ourselves and stay true to the faith. LifeSite News Catholic is dedicated to keeping the laity informed and educated. To follow us, go to Facebook or Twitter and search LifeSite News Catholic. As Mother Miriam always says, we must live as if it were true. This is Father Jacek Mazur. Please join me in a prayer honoring St. Thomas Beckett. O God, for the sake of whose church the glorious Bishop Thomas fell by the sword of ungodly men, 
Grant that all who implore his aid may obtain the good fruit of his petition through our Lord Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit forever and ever. Amen. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back to Mother Miriam Live, beloved. It's good to have you with us. We have three breaks now instead of two, so there's one break in our first half hour, which we're not used to, but we will get used to it. And then in the second half hour, we take your calls, your emails, and your text. Um, and we are reading through the Catechism of the Catholic Church, and it's the Catechism Explained. It's a magnificent book. I'm reading through it with you, dear ones, and I absolutely love it. Uh, it's a wonderful book for parents to take go through the, take the whole family through together it's wonderful it has the main points in bold and then the general uh, commentary in larger type and the explanation in smaller type not too small it's it's good for most eyes i need a little help just because my eyes did i tell you that i once told my my eye doctor that she needs to keep, or he needs to keep my eyes going for 500 years. And he said, 500 years? I said, he said, what are you talking about? I said, I want to live for 500 years. And he said, who's going to be around for you to talk to? And I said, everybody that doesn't know Jesus. You see, it's my, it's my heart's desire that I would be on earth as long as one person doesn't know Jesus. Even if it's a million years from now, what's the difference? It's still, for those who know and love him, the beginning of forever. So that's just a little message to say. If you have a relationship with Christ and you're in his church, you need to tell the world. You must not keep it to yourself. You must not. Father Stan Fortuna said, if we keep it to ourselves, we are thieves. And we are. Because everything we've been given is to be given away, everything, to keep absolutely nothing to ourselves, especially the message of life. In this confused time, both outside and inside the church, the treasure of the truth is what everyone in the world needs. Don't ever doubt it. No matter what religion anybody is, they need the truth of the Catholic faith. You could be... um, um, I, I'm thinking of a book that Father Ed Broom wrote, uh, From Humdrum to Holy, a beautiful little book for Catholics. Father Ed Broom is one of my heroes. He's so wonderful in California. And, um, oh, I'm, I see, I, I now, I, um, the name of the parish even slips me. How could, it's slipping my mind, that's impossible, but it is. Um, and his book is From Humdrum to Holy, And you could be a humdrum Catholic. It's not a good place to stay, I'll tell you that. But you could be a humdrum Catholic, and you can meet an absolutely on-fire evangelical Protestant who's memorized the whole Bible. Does he need what you have or she? The answer is yes. If you are a humdrum Catholic, you have more than that on-fire faithful Catholic. 
evangelical because you have the church. You are in the church, our Lord established, and you have the sacraments and above all, the Eucharist, the body, blood, soul, and divinity of our Lord. There is no Catholic on earth that is not the richest person in the world, but people can be born from rich parents. They could be the son of a king, and they have no idea who they are. And I would say that a good many Catholics, I can say percentage-wise, but a good many Catholics, I I would say certainly over 50%, um, they don't know who they are, and they don't know what the Catholic faith is. And the, the polls that have been taken that most Catholics don't even know or believe in the Eucharist, then you are orphans. Then you're orphans. You're not Catholic if you don't believe in the Eucharist. You're not Catholic. Oh, yes, I am. I go to the Catholic Church every Sunday, but I, I just don't believe in the Eucharist. Well, then you're not Catholic. It's not an optional belief. It's not an Certainly to be a citizen of the United States, you have to agree to some things. And to be Catholic, you have to believe. If you don't believe that, then you're Protestant. You're not Catholic. So if you're Catholic and you don't believe, it's, it's not the fault of the Church that you don't believe, even if the Church has failed in many ways. But it's our fault. It's our responsibility to know our faith. And many, many, many wonderful books to help us uh, to discover who our Lord is, what the Eucharist is, who the Eucharist is, and to discover the depth of our faith. And we're responsible for that. When we stand before God, we're not going to, we won't be off the hook by saying, but my pastor didn't teach this, the priest didn't teach this, the RCIA director didn't teach it, she taught wrong or he taught wrong. They'll be accountable for that, but we are accountable to know our faith. That's why it's so important. And I'm taking us through the catechism um, just briefly. I'm barely reading it, um, commenting once in a while, but if you can get your hands on this book, it's soft cover. It's not as expensive as the hard cover. It's online. Um, I don't think it's um, uh, the entire catechism is online, but you can purchase it online, or hopefully in any Catholic book, any good Catholic bookstore. Okay, I'll continue now. Um, all right, Saint John quotes. Uh, chiefly, so again, um, uh, let me reread St. John. St. John wrote his gospel, we're on the four gospels, um, the most important part of the New Testament, the four gospels and the book of Acts. book of Acts is the early, uh, the journeys of Paul and Peter, St. Paul and Saints Peter, uh, Saints Paul and Peter, that's easy to say, and um, the development of the early church. Very, very important. The Gospels were probably written um, in the order in which they stand. St. Matthew uh, wrote about A.D. 40, St. Mark, and and St. Luke some 25 years later. This is right after the death of Christ. Matthew wrote his book about six years after Christ died to convince the Jewish people to whom he came that he was the Messiah. And then St. Mark and St. Luke about 25 years later, um, so about 1965, uh, I mean 65, listen to me, uh, 65 A.D. after the death of Christ, and St. John in A.D. 90 uh, on the Isle of Patmos to which he was exiled. The four Gospels were collected into one volume 
in the second century. Okay, now we're just used to picking up a Bible, but most of us don't know how it was put together. But here you have it. The four Gospels were collected into one volume in the second century. It can be proved from eternal, and that would be um, um, just as we are 2020 in the 21st century, the second century would have the dates of 100-something, all right? So um, uh, 90 years after the death of Christ would be 123 A.D. It can be proved from, and that would be the second century, It can be proved from internal evidence that the Gospels were written by disciples of Christ and narrate what is true. We can also prove from the oldest copies, from translations, and from quotations that no change has been made in them since they were first written. The Gospels are therefore genuine, worthy of belief, and incorrupt. There is no book in the world no book, beloved, no matter how important, that has uh, lasted as the Bible has. God has protected it and his word and the truth of his word and the translations. On reading the Gospels, we recognize at once that they were the work of the Jewish people. The writers introduce Hebrew expressions and he quotes some verses that do that. Luke um, let's see, Luke eight fourteen, John twelve twelve. They wrote before the destruction of Jerusalem, as we gather from their intimate acquaintance with the city. If they had written in the second century, they could not have possessed this knowledge. Now, these are the writers of the Holy Scripture, um, uh, apart from Saint John. Um. If they had written in the second century, they could not have possessed this knowledge. And that's because the temple and the city was destroyed in 70 AD. So by the second century, they wouldn't have had that intimate knowledge. Their style shows that they could not have possessed this knowledge. There's, um, and the, and the, it shows that they were unlettered men, unschooled. They were, they were basically illiterate. Um, the vividness of their descriptions proves them to have witnessed the scenes and events they describe. The testimony of the most ancient Christian writers and the consent of the churches also prove the genuineness of the Gospels. The truthfulness of the evangelist appears in their quiet and passionless manner of writing. They do not conceal their own faults. Not something, when you wrote something, wouldn't you kind of hide your mistakes? But they don't. And they narrate what they know would expose them to persecution and danger of death. They all draw the self-same picture of Christ, though writing in different places and to various readers. The apparent discrepancies disprove any sort of conspiracy among them, or any copying from one to another. So this is simply eliminating some false accusations that people have made through the years. 
lastly, it would be impossible to invent such a lofty type of character as that of Jesus Christ. The Gospels have not been in any way altered in the course of time. The earliest Gospels and translations agree with our present Bibles. The Syrian translation, called the Pachito, which dates from the 2nd century, and the Latin, called the Atala, which dates from A.D. 370, besides numerous copies of the original text dating from the 4th century onwards. During the first two centuries, the scriptures were read every Sunday in various Christian churches and were most carefully guarded. People didn't have Bibles. And when I came through my evangelical Protestant to believe the Bible only, that's it. What did people do for the first 1,400 years and more than that, the first 1,600 years until we had the printing press? It it took a year's salary to to even copy a Bible. Um, A year's salary and time to copy a Bible. They didn't have the the writing tools we have today. Um, It took a lot. Let me just finish this paragraph while we have the outgoing music to our break, and then we'll be back, beloved, to answer your calls and questions. Um, During the first two centuries, the scriptures were read every Sunday in the various Christian churches and were most carefully guarded. We also find a mass of quotations in the early writers which prove their text to have been identical with our own. It's amazing. But see, God who wrote his word, it's a life-giving word. It's written by the Holy Spirit through men. He would not let it be corrupted. He has preserved it through 2,000 years. Our toll-free call-in number, beloved, 1-877-511-5483. The future of the family is grim. As Our Lady of Fatima said, the final battle will be for the family. It truly seems as though we're in the heat of this final battle and we need your help. Our mission at LifeSite News is to educate and activate readers with the information they need to defend life and the family and restore Christian culture. We are currently the most popular pro-life website on the internet with over 40 million unique users every year. And we've been experiencing an even bigger reach than ever this year. But we need your help to reach more of the 7.7 billion people on earth if we are to truly succeed in changing the culture. Please consider donating to help our mission of promoting the culture of life and fearless defenders of the faith like Mother Miriam. Visit give.lifesite.news.com to give today. Thank you for your support. Users of iCatholic Radio are leaving inspiring reviews in the iTunes and Google Play stores. Margie says, My go-to app. I love this channel. I can listen while busy around the house or driving in the car. I love the variety of programs. Keep up the good work. Michaela from New Zealand says, I love this app. I have it on Bluetooth in my car radio and listen to it all day, every day, and am encouraged in my Catholic faith. 
I would recommend this to the world, whether Christian or not, because it speaks to all people to become better people. I am now a huge follower of the American Catholic way of life because it's very similar to the way I was brought up in Fiji. The priests on the station are very straightforward, but are very understanding toward the audience at the same time. Love it, love it, love it. If you haven't reviewed iCatholic Radio yet, we'd love to hear from you. Visit our page at the iTunes or Google Play Store. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Excuse me, coughing right at you. Welcome back to Mother Miriam Live, beloved, and uh, you're welcome now. We have a whole half hour to ourselves for you to call in at toll-free or text one eight seven seven five one one five four eight three or email at mother at the station of the cross dot com. We have a call from Jean from Massachusetts. Are you there, Jean? Yes, I am, Mother. Hi, sweetie. Hi. Hi. I'm calling um I'm looking for guidance. Because I, I find that I'm losing my peace, and the subject is abortion. Yes. In Massachusetts, we have signature drives that we try to get. We have so many signatures that we have to get, and we've always fallen short. So that we can have a vote on a ballot to be able to, uh, to have our tax money not going for abortions in mm-hmm. this corrupt state of Massachusetts. Yeah. And... Um, this year, what really disturbed me is the elderly women. I mean, I, I happen to be, uh, you know, 77, but the people my age, we now have grandchildren. And they were reluctant to sign the petitions, and they have granddaughters. And if they, if they don't support a granddaughter by having having this granddaughter having an abortion, she lives with this mistake and, and this problem that, that they they refer to it as a problem. No, 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 wait, wait, hold on a minute. So I'm, I lost you a moment. So you're you're saying that the grandparents won't sign the petition? Yep. Why? Why? Because. Because they have grandchildren now who are you know because they're they're becoming pregnant. They're young girls, and they uh-huh. support these young girls having abortions. Oh, how awful is that? Yes, and it is. Yeah, it's it is. oh, how awful it is. Well, you know, uh, Jean, we need to help and educate people. We need to educate people. Uh, You know, if we, uh, let me just say this, uh, your heart is wonderful. Uh, But if we get so discouraged, um, so weary by the evil in the world and people who will not even Catholics who will not speak up for truth or live as if it's true, that will be the devil's tool to get rid of us as a voice. We, we have to keep fighting Jean without, we have to run a marathon so we don't give up and we don't get discouraged because God is obviously keeping you strong 
he's using you as a tool and there's many oh, much right. suffering in it but you must not get exasperated or or um frustrated or anything like that because if you do it'll lead to discouragement and that is the number one tool of the devil to stop the army of god yeah i i i agree with you 100 percent. but every day i every day i live this it's see i have i have the corpus on crosses i don't wear a cross without jesus on it Okay. Maybe I shouldn't be ga- maybe I shouldn't be gazing at the cross because I see when I do I see such sadness. Because well, you're right. Jesus is Jesus is my boss. Yeah. He comes first in my life. That's right. And when I focus on a, on, on Jesus who died on the cross, it, it tears my heart apart, and and I don't understand why people cannot understand what he did and was still. We're still sinning, and the abortion is number one, the number one okay. sinful thing that is happening in our world today, and it well, is it, so tormenting. It is, it is awful, but the root of that is is um, is contraception. The root of abortion is contraception, um, which would be a harder um, subject on which to convince the world. But, Jean, I think you need to add something to your life, dear one. Um, you love Jesus. You you yes. uh, are, are you suffer because of His sufferings, yes. but you need to add gratitude, sweetheart. Because if you get frustrated that other people don't believe, then your the gratitude you have toward God for your belief is going to be cut short. You see, when I come across awful situations over and over again, I. In my heart, I say, Lord, thank you that I believe. Thank you that I have hope. Thank you that I will sign this petition against abortion. Thank you that I will offer to take a baby who is going to be aborted, you know, whatever it is. Um, I thank God. I have gratitude in my heart, and I say, Lord, why me? Why not them? Why me? Why do I believe? Why do I love? Why did you pour your love on me, you see, and I don't get frustrated at them. I I pray for them. It 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 shows me the degradation in the world more clearly. But I go away from there, and yes, I'm disappointed, and yes, I can get angry at sin. Um, but I say, Lord, thank you, because I remain an instrument for good and to please God. As long as my heart is, you cannot be discouraged and grateful at the same time. You can't be disappointed and grateful at the same time. You can be, you know, you can be grateful one moment and angry the next, but you can't be this both at the same time. So, Jean, uh, count yourself a missionary of God that he has chosen in a world of sin. And ex- you're going to expect this. It's going to happen because it has over and over again. And if you don't go through life door-to-door, however you do this, with a grateful, strong heart, you're not going to be helping people either. You see? I, I, I agree. Okay, sweetheart. If, if somebody, um, you know, came to my door and they want to get signatures and they've had a, a thousand refusals and they're, I'm just one more person, you know, and they're sour uh, or they, they, they don't have my interest at heart, only theirs... I'm not going to receive them very well, you see. So 
um, I would spend some time in prayer, Jean, and thank God for choosing you as a missionary, for giving you faith, for helping you love and live the truth, and ask him to pour gratitude into your heart so that you can go around this sinful world as a joyful missionary. I'm going to ask you to pray for me. I can do that. I feel like I'm, I'm, at, I'm at a lost point I've ever been on this subject, and I'm I don't want to get any lower than this because it's pretty hard to try to rise above when you when it's when it's becoming this discouraging. Well, the thing is, I want you to believe that it's not from God. God will never bring you discouragement. It's the enemy. He's not interested in in our doing good. It's the enemy. And when I feel that, Gene, I say, get just like Jesus, get thee behind me, Satan. And say a prayer aloud to Mary. He hates the name of Jesus. He hates the name of Mary. Just get thee behind me, Satan. Don't. If you're discouraged, you're serving the devil. Don't let let it happen. Don't let. You're not a hero. If you get to the point of discouragement, you're not a hero in this work of God. You're not a heroine. You have given in to the devil. Don't let it happen. I don't ever want to do that, so I, I'm, I'm glad I made the call. Yeah, snap, you've got to, to just snap words. out of it. You know, like someone is, every once in a while, you want to save somebody, and uh, they're drowning in the water, and you jump in to get them, and they won't let you save them, and you've got to smack them, or you've got to knock them out. So give yourself a good smack, and straighten up as a soldier of Christ, and go take some more defeat. Thank you. Thank you. You're for taking your it for Jesus, sweetheart. Okay. God bless you. God thank bless you. you. We have a. Oh, thank you, honey. We have a call, rather an email, from someone who writes in anonymously and says, "When two people are getting married, must they both be in a state of grace for the marriage to be valid? <clears throat> if so, if it is found that either of the parties was in a state of mortal sin at the time of their marriage." Would that be grounds for an annulment? I think it would, because when you're, it's not valid if both parties are not in a state of grace. Um, um, now, it, it, it's hard to say that if one party wasn't a Christian and it was the marriage was given a dispensation from the bishop because the unchristian party agreed to raise the children, agreed for the other spouse to live his or her Catholic life and agreed to raise the children uh, um, Catholic and agreed to all the moral laws of contraception, all of that, it could be valid if there was a dispensation from the bishop. Um, so I don't know if that's an, a situation of, a, of an individual case. But... Um, uh, based on what happened at the time, uh, it it could be grounds for an annulment. And when you say grounds for an annulment, it is to say um, whether or not the marriage truly took place. So, yes, if there is a situation there where a couple, uh, through grave circumstances, wants to separate, um, yes, they could look into that. And the the church, the tribunal, the canon lawyers will decide uh, if the marriage was valid at the time or not. 
We have an email from Joanna, and she says, I'm sorry, Mother, but I'm a little puzzled. You are reading about 72 books of the Bible. I thought there were 73 in the Catholic Bible. Did you miss something? Thank you, Joanna. No, dear one, um, there are 73 books in the Catholic Bible, um, 27 in the New Testament, and um, 73... I was going to say 47, that would be 14. Oh, look at me, I'm, I'm, I'm just even forgetting those figures. Um, no, there are 73 books in the Catholic Bible, but it appears, as the catechism we're looking at, of Trent here, the explanation, there, at one point there were 72, and the question is, at one point, there were less than 72, but again, some books were divided. As I mentioned earlier, the Book of Kings was divided into four books, First and Second Samuel, First and Second Kings. I have a feeling, uh, I'm not speaking this as truth, that the Book of Ruth might have been included with, with that. Um, might have been. I don't know. And, and Broken Out, again, is a separate book, which would have made 73. But I'm not sure... And I quickly looked up, I did an internet search, 72 versus 73 books, and I have not yet gotten an answer on that. But I, I do believe that there was one other book that was split off, um, and it became 73. And um, we have 73 today. That's, that's uh, oh, the, the Protestant Bible has 66. That's what it is, not 67, 66. And the Catholic, 73. All right. Um, we have a text from Karen. Hold on just a minute. Karen writes, Mother, I was raised by strict parents and strict nuns. I was a horrible, it was a horrible experience which has left scars that Jesus is healing. Wow. I was raised by strict parents and strict nuns, which was a horrible experience, which has left scars that Jesus is healing. Uh, Karen says, we cannot form Catholic robots. You appear to be so decisive with your approach. Please consider drawing others to Jesus' side with patience, tolerance, and love. Let Jesus do the impossible. My friends who have homeschooled with your discipline approach have failed miserably. Now, I have not given an approach to homeschooling. I have spoken about homeschooling that where possible, I absolutely recommend it. And the way our society is going, it may be the only choice we have in time. But I have not given an approach to homeschooling or a discipline to it. So I'm not quite sure what you're, where you're going here. We'll continue your email, your text when we come back from the break, uh, Karen. And in the interim, anyone is welcome to call in toll-free with anything on your heart, one 511 or email at com. There's my hiccup. We'll be right back. LifeSite News is an international news agency devoted to defending life and family and restoring Christian culture. We aim to educate and activate our readers with the information they need to fight the most crucial battles of our day in their churches, workplaces, and families. 
Our motto is Caritas in Veritate, love in truth. We firmly believe that promoting the truth is an act of love, however hard it is to hear. Over the last 20 years, we have built a reputation for uncompromising reporting, no matter the cost. LifeSite News is by far the most popular pro-life website on the internet, with over 40 million unique users every year and growing. Check us out at LifeSiteNews.com. If you're new to iCatholic Radio, welcome to the free mobile app of the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network. It's available for download to your Android and Apple mobile devices. If you have any questions about your new app, please contact us at thestationofthecross.com or 1-877-888-6279. That's thestationofthecross.com or 1-877-888-6279. Through your new app, you can listen to podcasts of shows, conference talks, and prayers. View our programming grid, call us directly, and check out our mobile website. You can even learn how you can promote iCatholic Radio in your community, connect with us through social media, and financially support the programming you love. That's all available on your iCatholic Radio mobile app. Thank you for joining our iCatholic Radio family, proclaiming the fullness of truth with clarity and charity. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back to Mother Miriam Live, beloved. This is our last segment And you are welcome to call in with anything on your heart, toll-free, or text 1-877-511-5483 or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We're right in the middle of a text uh, from Karen. I'll read it from the beginning. And Karen writes, Mother, I was raised by strict parents and strict nuns. It was a horrible experience, which has left scars that Jesus is healing. Karen, I'm so sorry for that. She says, we cannot form Catholic robots. That's absolutely true. You appear to be so decisive with your approach. Please consider drawing others to Jesus' side with patience, tolerance, and love, and let Jesus do the impossible. I agree with you, Karen. I tell you, um, if you're sitting down with someone and you can afford to have a good, long conversation with them, it's one thing, but this is a radio program, And we only have a short amount of time with each person who calls or writes, and they want truth. And so we give truth. It could could seem very um, uh, decisive, but truth is decisive. Truth is truth. And if we know it, we're going to speak it um, and not bring someone to it necessarily the way you can in person when you have a lot of time. But um, if someone asks me if something is mortal sin or something is right or wrong, I'm going to say yes or no, try to explain it the best I can um, in this very short amount of time that we have. Um, 
<clears throat> and Jesus does do the impossible. I don't let Jesus do the impossible. I don't let him do anything. He's God. He does what he wishes. And she says, my friends who have homeschooled with your discipline approach have failed miserably. Now, again, I mentioned before the break, I've not given a homeschool approach or the discipline for it. I've strongly advised homeschooling um, because of the evil that is flooding our public schools and also um, uh, getting into many Catholic schools. And so um, uh, so I've said, if you are not homeschooling your children, you may not have long before you must homeschool them or you're going to turn them over to an evil, corrupt society. And God has given you parents as stewards of those children, not the schools, not the church, but you. So that's my message about homeschooling. I don't believe I've gone further than that, <clears throat> except to say that our next newsletter will focus on homeschooling. I'm going to make it a project. Um, I've promised people that. And Karen goes on to say they, her friends, have had serious and almost fatal tragedies in their lives. Well, I, I don't know that that's connected with homeschooling. I would doubt it. She says, I'm 72 and consider myself a faithful Catholic. I love Pope Francis. I'm a daily communicant and attend Mass several times on the weekends. I confess weekly. God in his infinite mercy knows the hearts and souls of all who fail. Absolutely, Karen. I'm with you all the way on that. I surrender this brief message to Jesus. It is sent with a sincere and loving heart. I believe you. Peace be with you in Christ, who alone is God in Trinity. Absolutely wonderful. And whatever the tragedies have been in your friend's life, um, uh, homeschooling would not be the cause of that. Their homeschooling may have suffered because of that, but homeschooling would not be the cause. And again, I have not uh, suggested, let alone imposed, any discipline for homeschooling. So, And I couldn't even... In- specific disciplines for families because it's each family and you have to know your circumstance and the people and who they are and ages and all of that so and and the the state emotional psychological state of each one so no i couldn't have gone that far um we have a um a facebook question a question in facebook from Erin who says dear mother i so enjoy your podcast especially your candor and courage to speak the truth well there's the opposite perspective thank you i'm in need of some advice i am a catholic married homeschooling mother of four children was the exact opposite of the previous uh text and and that's why we write in because we're all so different we're all our lives are so different Um, She says, a couple of years ago, my family and I moved across the country, and for the first time in our marriage, we are not living in the vicinity of our extended families. This distance has given us much-needed perspective about our own shortcomings and toxic behaviors that were learned from our families. My father and mother are Catholic and raised my siblings and I in the church, sent us to Catholic school, and yet had a very, very contentious marriage. My mother relied on my dad's strong faith to stay with her, despite constantly poisoning our minds against him. Oh, dear. We honestly were taught to hate and resent him. Oh, mothers, listen to this. You can teach your children to hate and resent their father. And 
you're you're not going to have a very good model for boys, and you're going to destroy uh, young ladies, your daughters' perspectives of men for marriage, <clears throat> and the role of a mother. Very bad. Erin goes on to say they divorced a few years ago after my father had a series of affairs, oh dear, and remarried his mistress three weeks after their divorce was finalized. There are many more details that I won't go into for the sake of time, but suffice it to say it was a very messy and awful divorce. My mother as well is a gambling addict which contributed to the divorce as well. I've told my father that I have forgiven him, but I cannot support his new marriage. Absolutely, you cannot. Um, uh, I have not seen him in person in about five years because my father did so many hurtful things toward the end of their marriage to my mother as well as to my sister and niece. I've been afraid that he'll be vengeful toward me and my family as well. These hurtful things sort of let my mother off the hook for the many years of mistreatment that she committed against my father. She will not admit that she has a gambling problem, nor will she admit any fault in the way that she modeled being a wife and mother. She wants to come visit us in our new home quite often, but every time she visits, we have to detox for a few weeks afterwards because it upset our fa- upsets our family's peace so much. I've been praying for my parents every time I think of them, but is that enough? No, it, it's, it's, I don't think it's enough. Let me see. Is it sinful for me to not have a relationship with my father? Is it sinful to feel resentment toward my mother? I've been working very hard to try to, ex- uh, to excel in virtue and have prayed for the grace of true forgiveness. You are in my prayers, Mother. Please pray for me and my family. Thank you in advance for any advice you may have to offer me. Sincerely, Erin. We have just a minute or so to the end of the program, Erin. Um, <clears throat> forgiveness is not an option. It's an absolute. Because we pray that God would forgive us as we have forgiven others. We would forgive others as God in Christ has forgiven us. That's not a grace to be gained. That's a commandment to be acted upon. You must forgive. Forgiveness is forgiving. You must forgive. And the, the way to help that is to know that Christ and God has forgiven you. You, Aaron, I'm sure you would agree, as I, we both deserve death for sin. We both, the, the wages of sin is death. No matter the tiny the sin, no matter the amount, the wages of sin is death. We deserve death. And God has poured his grace into our hearts and given us life. It's a free gift. It's not a gift for good behavior. It's not a gift for someone apologizing. It's a free gift of God. Jesus was put on the cross and and he said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Um, You must forgive your mother and try to love her. Try to explain to her. Try to tell your dad that the reason... You're not able to have this connection with them is because he's living in mortal sin. Tell them in a loving way the best you can. Okay, that's uh, our closing music, beloved. We'll be with you tomorrow. <laughs>